The Breakdown Politics With Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies Telling you what you need to know regarding politics Breaking it down Politics Welcome to another episode of Politrix with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. Merck, do your thing. thing. All right, what's going on, everybody? Uh, we got, of course, myself, Big Merce in the house. Ain't nothing going on but the rant. Ooh, <laughs> you gotta have a J-O-B if you wanna be with me. You know... I loved and hated that song all the time because at the same time, because it was a great song, but then I had a whole bunch of women, little girls on my face, ain't nothing going on but the rant. And now I'm just like, you're 14. What do you care about that? Jesus Christ. The song just came out last week and it was like already, you know, but anyway, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just showing my age here. Um, we got uh, Odie in the house. Hey, Odie. Hey, hey. And then we got, of course, we have our showrunner slash producer slash all-around great guy, F. Christopher Blue. What's going on, sir? I'm going to give the producer credit to Ricard because if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't even be no us. So, you know what I'm saying? Definitely. Always. That's that's always in, implied. So we're going to jump in. He is actually single-handedly responsible for the most listens on O's Odyssey podcast to this date. I have right. 9%, 9%. Yeah, 9%. Uh, subscribers in France, it's like more than tri- like more than triple, almost four times the amounts of listens <laughs> for any episode. It's so strange. It's such a strange phenomenon, and I really, really wish I knew what people were talking about regarding that episode. Uh, I hope they're sharing it, continuing to share it because yeah. I'm grateful. Well, as we speak of our wonderful love brother, yeah. my cousin. Hey, welcome, Ricard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what's going on, sir? What? <laughs> we we have a special guest in the house. So he ain't got no mic energy yet, but he's coming, I'm sure. All right, all right. So we got a lot to talk about. We gonna jump into it. I got a few quick hit before we jump into the meat and potatoes of the day. I got a few quick hits to get off my chest here. Number one. Justin Amash dropped out of a race already. And it, that makes me laugh for one reason. It's his rash. I mean, he had this long tweet storm about him dropping out of the race because he was supposed to run as a libertarian, you know, third party. But his rationale just came down to it's too hard. It's too hard to break through. I'm like, dude, you're Tea Party. That was a Tea Party's whole shtick was breaking through. That's what the Tea Party did. The Tea Party was nothing more than a bunch of knuckle-dragging mouth breathers, but they broke through into politics. Just like that, and they put John Boehner on the run. John Boehner didn't know what to do with the Tea Party. And now, years later, it's too hard. Uh, so, I mean, he, I mean, put it like this. If you're running as a libertarian, you're not expecting to win. Winning is not your goal, because you're not gonna win. I mean, if you get 3 million votes in the election, that's 
the best you're going to do at this point in time. The whole point of running third party, whether you're Green Party or whether you're Libertarian, is to get more influence, to get more people on your side and hopefully get some of your people in, um, in federal races, right? So while there are a couple of Libertarians in uh, federal races, I mean, in federal office, there are no Green Party people in federal office. There's a handful in state offices, but not in federal. So the whole point of running for these people is really not even to be spoilers. They're just trying to get their brand out there and, you know, not going to do that by giving up. I mean, was I going to vote for Justin Amash? No. <laughs> I mean, because at the end of the day, he's still a right wing nutbag. But uh, him giving up was just really funny, I thought. You know. But uh, also real quick, did you guys see the video of Stacey Abrams on MSNBC with uh with Joe Biden. And I, I I swear to God, it was just like, if you wanted to see people's spirits get crushed, like like eggshells, basically, long Dude, story- I'm all about, I'm all about spirit crushing. Speaking of spirit crushing, slight segue. Can you put um, Nightmare on Elm Street back in Google Drive? I can't find it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Not a problem. Um, Stacey Abrams has been politicking hard for the VP spot. So she's on magazine. I mean, the press is behind her. She's on magazine covers, you know, posing like Michelle Obama. She's just all over the place, you know, because she really wants that VP spot. Joe Biden asked her to come on MSNBC, right? and didn't tell her why. So in her mind, she's thinking, oh, this is it. They're gonna announce me as the VP, as the vice presidential candidate. And he basically just brought her on just to say a few nice things about her. And then that was that. And then you just saw her face, like, like when she was talking, she had that that triumphant smirk on her face. And then she had the look on her face like, like she was in the elevator and somebody farted. And it was just classic. My, my friend already made memes of it. <laughs> so I, I put it like this any other time to any or to almost any other person I'd be mad at that I don't want to say Stacey Abrams deserved it but what does she expect it's like you want to be with the mean girls and then the mean girls are mean to you and then you're mad because the mean girls are mean to you it's that, it's that classic scene in like every comedy where somebody thinks they're about to get nominated or win an award of some kind yeah. And when they say the winner is, and you see them getting up, walking to the stage, ready to accept their speech, and then they call somebody else and they look crazy as hell because they're halfway to the stage. That's what it sounds like. Exactly. And I'll, I'll I'll probably talk more about it on Saturday once I find out more about Joe Biden's rationale, but it was probably just to take it down a peg or two. And if that's the case, it worked. And then uh, the last tidbit here is uh, I just saw this uh, earlier today when I was having lunch. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is still the reigning champion because she had a debate with uh, Bizarro AOC, a.k.a. Maria Caruso Cabrera. And phew, the girl got curb stomped. It was not, it, it was like AOC was Tom Seaver in his prime and then Michelle Car Maria Caruso Cabrera was a five-year-old with a wiffle bat. So either she connected, just gonna knock the bat out of her hand. Like, it wasn't even close. Because 
Michelle, I keep calling her Michelle. Uh, no, I think her name is Michelle. I, I, I typed her name as Maria for some reason. It's probably why I couldn't find her in the search. Hold on. But um, she basically got curb stomped because she did the same thing that uh, Katie, not Katie Hill, uh, when that woman that ran in California, Christy Smith. How are you gonna run in the middle of a pandemic against Medicare for all? That's not even a thing in America right now. It's either right now with, with most progressives, I can't say for all, for most, it's either Medicare for all or fuck off. Like if you don't have Medicare for all on your platform, you may as well just step off to the side, you know? And then she tried to get personal on AOC and that did not work out well at all. So I'm not gonna spend too much time on it now because like I guess it just came to my box earlier today, but watch the debate when you get a chance. It's actually pretty hilarious. Like this girl is, uh, Michelle, she's basically just uh, corporate shill all the way. And it shows in every word she said. Um, Jumping into the meat and potatoes. And this is just a, a real quick one before I get into it. Eric Trump, uh, you know, I, I don't know what's going on with the Trumps. I do, but I don't. Because you still see it and then you're still just like, huh? So Eric Trump was on an interview in Fox News and he said that coronavirus is a hoax against his father and that by November, by the election, like after the election, it's, it's gonna magically go away. It's not. <laughs> so let me get this straight. So the 90,000 people that died they were just crisis actors. And after Trump was voted out of office, they'll just get up, like, oh, our work is done. Oh, my back hurts from laying down for the last six or seven months. Well, time to go back to work. Art, like, what is he thinking of? Their whole family is just a bunch of malignant narcissists. Like, everything revolves around them. And it can't just be other people have their own problems. They have to be in it, too. It's kind of like if you complain about like if you're in a group of people and you complain that uh that your dad's an alcoholic and he beats you that's the type of person but well my dad's on crack <laughs> and he, he's on a lead pipe like that's basically eric trump you know like nothing i i the, the man is just a he's just a human nutsack you know but the funniest part about that whole thing is that the interviewer was taking him seriously. Like, even now and then, Fox and Friends, when Trump is going on his rampages, you could look on their faces and they'll just be like, when is this gonna end? The interview was all into it, like, really tell us more. Why are they giving the Trumps tea? But matter of fact, why am I giving Eric Trump time? So we're just gonna move on. Good point, but hold on, let me say why. Remember that thing called payola? Well, it's not payola, because, oh, well, I mean, for them, probably, yeah. I'm not getting, no, I mean, they're not getting paid, so we don't need to talk about it. But they might be getting paid, you know what I'm saying? Grease a little palm, we can leave, you can stay on for 30 minutes and talk that BS. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it I mean, you figure down that they're not airing Trump's, uh, his uh, press conference in their entirety because he's just lying all the time. So maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Uh, I had a friend of mine who I, I went to high school with. Actually, I grew up with them back in New York. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you go into that. Yeah. I have a friend too. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. I know like, um, 
Secret Service. <laughs> I'm going with that one. I like that. Secret Service. They have to protect um, family members. Do they have to protect? his extended family like his sons and all them too that all depends i've heard that happen sometimes it all depends you know but uh I, i'm not 100 percent sure on extended family so i know they definitely you know do like trump his kids you know i don't know if the ex-wives get protection but it's uh it all depend and I, i'd have to look into that i'm not 100 percent sure i, I don't want to tell lies but um, my friend, uh, I grew up with him, and we were talking the other day, and he actually po- he actually made a post that actually uh, cleared up a lot of research for me. <laughs> like that's ten less articles I had to read. But there's something uh, the Democrats just passed a three trillion dollar bill in the House, right? And this is this is from what he wrote on Facebook, and I am actually going to read some of this backwards. Okay, so I want you to bear with me. Okay. Um, he said this legislation is way too small as a starting point for negos- for negotiation with the Senate, and Mr. McConnell will have a field day with it, right? But he says, because we have lives, we don't have time to read the 1800 page bill. It really is 1815 pages. Here's what the bill says. So there's a breakdown here. So he breaks it down into two parts: what the bill supports and what the bill doesn't support. Okay. So here's what the bill supports. Yes, to an expansion of the Paycheck Protection Program eligibility to include corporate lobbying organizations. That is a huge sore point with progressives. Lobbyists are getting a bailout. The same people who make our lives miserable by paying politicians to go against the people are getting a bailout. So now they're not bailing out. Now they're not bribing politicians with their own money. Now they're bribing politicians with with our money. You understand? So they're getting a bailout because they are listed under, and I I forget the organization listing that they're under, but that organization listing is now part of organizations that are getting a bailout. Not nonprofits? Would it be considered a nonprofit? Yeah. So they're basically, but they're in a special category of nonprofit. So in other words, they could have been left out. So it's not like it's not like when you say, well, I, I want to ban pit bulls, but because they're mixed with other dogs, you can't just lump all the dogs together. No, you could easily cut the lobbyists out because they have their own designation. And unfortunately, uh, Nancy Pelosi saw fit to include them. So as one article put it, it's one of the dumbest political moves you could do at this point in time to basically just show Hey, lobbyists, people who give me money so I can fill my my $10,000 freezer with ice cream. I got your back. Wink. So now there's also a bailout to landlords, not to tenants, a bailout for landlords. Okay. There's also, it says, yes to expanding nine months of full premium subsidies for the existing health insurance program, COBRA. You know, the fact that this thing is called Cobra, I mean, I, I'm a child of the 80s and G.I. Joe was, you know, we used to watch it every every day. And of course, people know that the criminal organization that they fight is called Cobra. And and I think they, I don't know if they put it in all caps because it, it stands for something, I forget what it is. But just the fact that this, uh, this health insurance program is called Cobra is absolutely hilarious. 
because the memes just write themselves. Okay. And the fact that they are giving them subsidies for a program that on its own is just way too expensive to afford is ridiculous. Okay. Uh, they're also saying yes to an employee retention tax credit. Now, on its face, that seems like a good idea, but here's the thing. There is no, every time we give these corporations and big businesses money in order to retain people, they cut people anyway. So why give them money? And then mm -hmm. call it and call it employee retention tax credit when they're just going to fire people anyway. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, there was an article I, I was reading the other day. Disney is going to uh, cut like another 100,000 workers, but their shareholders are set to receive uh, $1.5 billion. So, uh, yeah, they don't need that. Uh, yes to a trillion dollars in additional funding for state and local governments. Now, it didn't go into details on which states are getting how much money, what they're going to be doing with that money. Okay. So we'll just leave that part at, at that. Uh, yes to extending unemployment benefits to January of next year. That's a good thing. Okay. Because they were, they were talking about an extra $600 on top of what you would normally get for unemployment. And they're going, they want to extend that through January of next year. I'm perfectly fine with that. Okay. Yes to an additional round of one-time uh, one $1,200 stimulus payments. Yes to expand federal nutrition benefits, SNAP. I am also all for that. Yes to provide $25 billion to the U.S. Postal Service. I am 1,000% for that. Yes to establish a hazard pay fund for frontline workers. And yes to increase spending on COVID-19 testing. So the last few parts of that I am all for. The first half of that stuff I am not for. Hold on, hold on. Why are you for increasing SNAP benefits? Because people got to eat. You know? I mean, people we, get what, what? What does the pandemic have to do? What do you mean, when you say, tell me about that. What are they going to get? What is these SNAP benefits I think, about? I think because this is what's previously happened. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to say my part because I've been smoking. I might forget. Um, what I've seen happen is people that get food stamps, they might get whatever they get, and it just maximizes them. So it's not like people like you and I who get food stamps, who don't have food stamp benefits normally on, on deck. It's people who already get them, they just get more. So why do they get more if they already get them? Now, I may be looking at this a different way. Now, I remember when we had a certain hurricane a couple years ago, they let everybody get a DSS food stamp card and you got to eat like a king for however long it lasted. You know what I mean? Remember that? Mm -hmm. That's what should have happened, but didn't. Right. Now, that may be covered in the next section here, so I want you to bear with me here. And basically, the reason why I said it oh, yes on its face is because we didn't want that money to run out. You know, because if states are struggling with certain things, the first thing that they usually cut is benefits. You know, so that's the way I'm looking at it. So we may be looking at it two different ways, and we're not, no, it's not, there's no wrong way to look at it. But when I hear about, their, about them um, expanding the benefits, I look at it as, okay, let's make sure that this doesn't run out, you know, but I'll have to look more into it. Now, here's all the no parts, okay? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, I got one more thing. Now, what's this $1,200, another incentive payment out? I ain't get it the first time. That means I won't get it again. 
fuck you and fuck that. Wait a second, you didn't get it the first time? That's what I'm saying. How much nah, money? 20 that that year, I cleared a lot. I just I cleared way too much. <laughs> I was doing a lot of things, had my hands in a lot of pockets. So 2018 oh, okay. was really good to me. Really good to me. Oh, okay. so you didn't file your 2019 yet, then? Nah, because I'm gonna get taxed heavily. <laughs> that and, and that that might be why you may be getting the paper check then. Because if you filed your tax returns and then they have your bank information, they just put it into your account. That's what they did for yeah. me. But if you haven't, because yeah. I know they extended the 2019 uh, tax deadline. So if yeah. you haven't followed Yeah, I'm going to tax them. I'm going to take that. Um, I got an um, account. I'm working with an accountant on Saturday. She's going to hook it up and help me yeah. iron out some kinks. Because right now I'm looking at owing back 4500 Wow. I got mad because I had to pay the state $30. That's not, I'm not making that up either. Because normally I get a check back from the state for like. Man, if I had to pay $30, I'd double that. Here, I love you. Right. <laughs> Yeah, like put it on next year's tab. <laughs> like here you go, buy yourself something nice. <laughs> they had um, I don't remember the amount, but you remember uh, Jack Johnson, the uh, the boxer? Yeah, I remember him. I follow boxing very closely. Um, up until the last ten years. I, I I may have the amount wrong, so I want you to to bear with me. But he was uh in his car speeding, and a cop stopped him. And I'm making this 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 part a number up. Uh, they find him $50, which was a lot of money. So he gave the cop 100 and the cop was like, I can't, I can't break 100 He was like, well, keep it because I plan to go on this fast when I'm coming back. <laughs> so, I don't know why. And I they pulled him out the car and they beat his ass silly with a nice stick and threw his ass in jail. They even sodomized him. That didn't happen. Of course not. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like... <laughs> I was like, did, did I miss a paragraph of that story? <laughs> so. But if it was 2020, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? It, it, it's, it's funny it's, how it seemed like they were a little less racist back then than they are now. <laughs> like, whatever, like, we're like, whatever happened to the cops of the 50s? Those guys were gentlemen <laughs> compared to 2020. All right, boy, I need to go head up and get out of here now. You know, why I don't like these parts? Now they'd be like, uh, you don't, you ain't belong these parts. <laughs> Choke our ass out and kill us and shit. Pop, 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 pop. Basically, that's how we pine for the cops of the fifties. Um, now the no section. They said no to reoccurring <laughs> cash payments. Bernie Sanders has been pushing for reoccurring cash payments of two thousand dollars up until three months after the pandemic is over, just to be sure that people have enough to get back to work. Of course, they dropped that. Now, here's the part that really pissed me off. A lot of it pissed me off, but here's the part that pissed me off. Pramila Jayapal had a section in her bill, right? That was supposed to be, uh, it says no to guaranteed paychecks that would keep workers off unemployment. So in other words, they wanted a paycheck guarantee, right? So instead of going through the banks, the government would just give people their payroll checks, right? And keep giving them their checks until after the pandemic is over, right? and just guarantee their paychecks, which would A, keep them off of unemployment, and also B, um, basically keep people inside. Because what these trolls are taking advantage of, like riling these people up, is that these people need to go back to work, but they can't go back to work because it's not safe. So if they were getting their checks, right, during the pandemic, while this stuff is shut down, then guess what? They're good. They could stay home. All the only who they need to go is the supermarket. 
that was cut out of the bill. And Pramila Jayapal, now I don't remember if she voted undecided on it or if she just didn't vote on it. I think she was the only progressive to not vote for the bill. So there were 14 Democrats who didn't vote for this particular bill. Pramila Jayapal was the only progressive who didn't vote for it. Everybody else voted for it. You know, and I guess they voted for it to get the, the good stuff in there, right? But it, it just, that I'll talk about that in a second. They said no to Medicare paying the healthcare costs of the unemployed. Um, in this country, a really large amount of people only have health insurance because of their jobs. They don't, if you don't have a job, guess what? You don't have health insurance. You remember when the auto workers were striking, right? What did they do to try and force the auto workers uh, to sit down with them? They cut off their benefits. So if they had Medicare for all, they couldn't do that, right? So this whole, I mean, it would be a simple thing. Oh yeah, um, expand Medicare temporarily to people who were out of work who had uh, insurance to their jobs and just expand Medicare to them until they till they get uh, till they get new jobs. No, they won't do that. No to a jobs guarantee, I would have to actually look into that because I don't know if that's basically part of, because uh, he also said uh, no to major green infrastructure initiative. That's another matter altogether because there was a, um, I think I posted in Facebook earlier about a secret backhanded way that they're giving oil companies subsidies. Oil companies make billions of dollars per quarter, not per year, per quarter. <laughs> so what do they do with the money? Now I understand they're taking a huge hit. Don't get me wrong. They're taking a monster hit because I mean, what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, the price of oil went to like negative $37 a barrel or something like that, literally. Negative thirty-seven dollars a barrel. Negative something. I don't remember the number. Yeah. But the yeah. the oil reserves are full because nobody's driving. You know, matter of fact, they said around. I don't know if it was around the world, just in the country. I didn't get a chance to read the article. I saved it. I didn't get a chance to read it. But supposedly, pollution's down like seventeen percent just since the uh, since the pandemic. So it, it's it's a major, and that's a major cut in. Uh, fuel. So, like all these companies that do shale oil, they're they're taking a hit, a huge hit. But the problem is this: Do we really need to bail them out when we really need to go on to the next thing? Like you have somebody like Bernie Sanders who has compassion, and Bernie Sanders is like, "Look, oil is on its way out, so let's uh, pay the oil workers their severance or their unemployment until we get them over either into new jobs or until they find a new career." You know, it's not about, well, the the meta has shifted, so beat it. Now it's not like that, you know. But the fact that they're giving these people bailouts and not, because they can't do it straight up because people would just flip out. So they're doing it secret backhanded ways, you know. They said no to a moratorium on rent and mortgage payments. This is, of course, the inverse of bailing out landlords but not bailing out tenants right so if you're going to bail out the landlords shouldn't the landlords be able to give the tenants uh a moratorium on paying rent exactly like that's the point yeah 
uh, no to student debt forgiveness. Um, now I will say this, they, and, and I think Odie, the same thing happened to you, right? Your student loans got furloughed until- uh, Yeah, until September. Yeah, same here. So it's gonna help me out a little bit. I'm trying to sock some of that money away, but you know, it's gonna start again, so. Uh, I do think I, I will say too like I think the biggest positive is like if your credit does end up in shambles because of this like all the shit going on uh, it shouldn't be a problem to get a lot of the items removed once you do get back on track right I mean I, I, I look at it like this right this is not the second bill that's going out this is the fifth bill now, I know what you might be thinking. Wait a second. If this is the fifth uh, coronavirus bill, why did I only get one $1,200 check? <laughs> well, the thing about that is you're not a major corporation, so you can just kick rocks until your feet bleed. That's the thing, you know? You would think that this was the... I mean, there's a lot of good things in this bill, but there's more bad in this bill than good, which is why 14 Democrats voted against it. Right. I mean, they still had enough. I mean, basically, no Republicans voted for. I think. Oh, no, I take it back. I think one Republican voted for it. Fourteen Democrats voted against it, but they still had enough to get it pushed through. Uh, Mitch McConnell, they are not going to even. They're not even going to vote on this thing. And if they vote on it, it will go down uh, pretty much along uh, party lines. You know, they would, and even, and let's just say, in the off chance. It, it goes through. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Someone got lost in translation. Okay, never mind. Go ahead. Yeah. I see what happened. I see what happened. So oh. Mitch McConnell can be like, nah, we're not even going to mix with it. He can actually not even bring it up to a vote because he does that all the time. So basically, all these bills that. The what Democrats is his What is his position just for the viewers, listeners? Oh, oh he is the. Um, uh, I almost said Speaker of the House. He is the um, majority leader of the of the Senate. So if the, if the majority of the Senate was Democrat, it'd be somebody else? Yeah. Then then they would choose a, a, a majority whip. How long has Mitch McConnell been in that position? Uh, for quite a while. Since at least 2012, I believe. Might even be. So to unseat him, we need more Democrat senators? Yes. Well, that's not going to happen. They've really been fucking up this year, haven't they? Oh! Uh, here... I may talk about that on Saturday. It's basically one of those things where you have like a, a team that if a certain amount of people win, a certain amount of people lose, uh, they could they could surprise us, you know, and, and get the Senate. Put it like this. Uh, Tom Tillis is, has a really tough race right now. He's almost tied with his opponent, Kyle Cunningham. Okay. There are a lot of, I mean, Susan Collins is in the hot seat. There's a lot of senators right now, Republican senators, who are in trouble. And if a good number of those senators in trouble lose, Democrats might be able to take it. And if they were smart, the first thing they would do is get rid of the filibuster. This way, all they need is a majority vote again. Because like I was about to say, even let's just say a majority of people vote for the bill. If they don't have 60 votes, filibuster. And that's it, it's done. So, I mean, you figure like this, right? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have a crazy dream the other day, right? Mm -hmm. 
what if people actually realized the true mission of the Democrats based on what we know about them since the inception of this country, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's basically just, I don't know if cognitive dissonance works in this example, but it's basically like, I think they know, it just all boils down, they know and they don't care because they think that they're the good guys. That's pretty much what it is, you know? They thought they thought they was the good guys when they had all those, um the reformations and all that stuff where they was, you know, basically putting Jim Crow laws in place and all that. They thought they was doing good then because they only saw us as three-fifths three fifths of a person. Well, not you and I, Merck. We weren't, we're not actually from this country, but you know what I mean. Right. Well, well I mean, I'm from this country, just my parents are not. <laughs> but um, I, I look at it like this, right? When I talked about Justin Amash and the Tea Party, why was the Tea Party so successful? Uh, because they were outsiders and they were going against the norms and people voted them in because they were against business as usual. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I said before, the Tea Party is nothing more than a bunch of mouth-breathing, mouth-breathing knuckle-dragging jackals, okay? But they stuck together and they got a lot of stuff done. A lot of horrible stuff, but they got stuff done. Now, Tea Party's practically gone. Why? Because the Tea Party became part of the system. And now you have people like, I think Marco Rubio was Tea Party. You know, what's who, what's Marco Rubio now? I mean, Trump made him look like a, a, a wounded puppy up there in, in, the 20, in 2016. I'm pretty sure Ted Cruz hasn't had sex with his wife since 2016 because Donald Trump called her ugly and he was basically phone banking for him. <laughs> so um, when they became part of the system they became irrelevant and that's happening to the progressives now they're trying to work within the system when every last single progressive right, should have been AOC Katie Porter, Ilhan Omar Ayanna Presley, Ro Khanna all of them should have just said no this has way too much money going to corporate interest this is the fifth coronavirus bill. We can't feed these people any more money. We're going to vote against this. And even if they had enough votes to pass it, they could have made a huge statement, but they didn't do that because they think they can work within the system to change the system. That does not work. That's like a blade of grass thinking, you know how I can change the lawnmower? By getting inside the blades. Man, no. question. How'd your girl vote, ALC? She voted for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she voted for it. The only, the only progressive who, who voted against it was, um, I almost said Ayanna Presley. Um, I just said her name before too. I'm, I'm getting old. Oh, Pramila Jayapal. She was the one who put the, who wanted to put the paycheck, uh, the paycheck thing in there, the guaranteed paychecks in there. And she, she dissented, but the problem is she dissented pretty much by herself. No one really had her back. And uh, it basically just got tamped down. The progressives work better when they are outside the system. And I know all my all my neoliberal friends are like, nah, uh, you gotta get in the system and you gotta get a seat at the table. Get Shut the fuck up, man. How's that working out for her? For AOC and all them, how's that working out? Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm being a jackass. They have a task force now. Yeah, a task force. So they can sit down and basically do Joe Biden's job for him because Joe Biden doesn't have a platform. 
Hell, he barely even campaigned. And these task forces are just basically them just doing Joe Biden's job for him. How's that working out? This is this is their fifth bill that they that they're trying to pass. Another three trillion dollars, and barely any of it is going to go to people who really need it. And the progressives did nothing to stop it because they're trying to work within the system, man. You got to work within the system. Shut the fuck up with that horse shit. Tea Party worked the best when they were outsiders. And like I said, now they got into the system, they got their hands on some of that money, and now they're obsolete. You don't even hear about Tea Party no more. Because they're all pretty much dead. And Justin Lamarsh was the last of those Tea Party, well, one of the last of the Tea Party guys. And now he's like, it's too hard to break in. Yeah, but you're a you're a dickbag, and somehow you became uh you're a part of the house now because you were an outsider. And now, these people just make me sick. They really do. Now, I, as much as I can rag on AOC, I'm still behind AOC because her core values have not changed. She still cares about her people. She still cares about whoa, her whoa, whoa. So that corporate sponsorship and backing them up, that's, that shows she cares about her people? Fuck her. <laughs> well, that's that's the problem that we're having right now with with me and my 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 Twitter folks is that half of us are like, hey, you know, AOC still has her core values, and the other half are like, man, fuck her, you know. But it's it's gonna be tough. But I mean, it's gonna take a lot for me to turn against AOC. But right now, I can't condone everything she does. This Ooh. whole working within the system. You a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to look at it realistically. We can't always eat our own, you know. Like I'm still, I'm still with, I'm still Sanders, but a lot of my friends on Twitter are already just like, "Fuck that dude," but I, I can't do that, you know. But let me, I'll put it like this. Let me, let me move on a bit here because I got, I may have to, I may have to skip some things here because there, there are some things I want to talk about tonight before we run out of time. I will say this about, we were talking about senators, about the Senate, uh, Mitch McConnell, right? I talked about this on the show a couple years back. It was one of those uh, one of those police shootings where people, where the, where the cops shot, a, shot an unarmed man, right? Uh, in my, and I don't remember if this happened in my hometown of Freeport or if this happened in Roosevelt, one of those surrounding towns, a cop shot a, a, a black man, right? White mm-hmm. cop shoots a black man. So of course, all the local activists get together. They get their hand, they get their signs, hands up, don't shoot. They're ready to march. They're ready to do their thing. Here's the part. Here's the, here's the thing. They didn't do any research into the matter. All they heard, black cop. I mean, I'm sorry. All they heard was white cop shoots black man. We got to march. Here's what happened though. Uh, the guy was. Uh, an abusive scumbag and he was about to kill his girlfriend and the cop intervened and ended up having to shoot the guy right when he was about to kill his girlfriend the girl said that the cop pretty much saved us saved her life and here and here's here's the thing the girls i mean the guy who got shot his own mother her statement the cops did what they had to do his mother so what did the activists do? The leader of the activists. 
he was just like, you know, there's a lot of times when there's a, a lot of injustice toward African Americans by the police. This is not one of those times. Which is which is as, which is as close to I'm sorry as you, as you were going to get from them. But at least they walked back on it. Mm-hmm. They just said, okay, we didn't do our research. We were wrong. Let's put our signs away. They didn't say, well, what about that time he? Nah, they didn't do that. They just they just walked it off. They just said, okay, we're we were wrong. We're going back to whatever it is we do with our lives. Yeah, I, I noticed there's like um one Facebook friend whose name shall not be mentioned, but she always like whenever Raleigh has like a an issue like with police officers she is like one of the first to say something about it and she's like Raleigh about to be on fire like basically uh saying that niggas is about to act wild but a lot of the times at least around these parts I which I will say is vastly different from the rest of the country most people around here are level-headed. They wait for the facts to come out. And if it's about to be a problem, then then we react. Um, I think the last incident that we had where people kind of went crazy was um, was that incident off of New Bern Avenue where this guy got shot. And um, for, But the problem with that was just because there was so much misinformation. A woman was on Facebook Live saying that she knew him and all this other shit mm-hmm. but then when facts revealed itself it wasn't a kid that was involved it, it had nothing to do with a fucking pizza because then the narrative started like spinning but luckily I mean there were people that were out there protesting but they ended up walking it back once more facts came out um, and then she did the same thing like last week apparently somebody got shot again <laughs> I live in the hood. It was also off of New Bern Avenue, which I was not sure about. <laughs> but it was on a different part of New Bern Avenue, the part closer to downtown. And um, somebody got shot over there, involved in a robbery. She was the first one. I saw that's how I knew about the shooting and um, talking about niggas about to act up. And I'm like, but for what? Like, we don't know what the fuck happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, I will put on my marching shoes when I need to put on my marching shoes. But if didn't nothing happen or niggas was out here wilding, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna put on my marching shoes. That's it. You know, there have been some times where I've where I have gone off on something, and and it basically just takes a little bit of 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 wisdom. And and what's the old saying? Uh, a wise man learns from his own mistakes, but a clever man learns from other people's mistakes. And unfortunately, I'm more wise than I am clever. You know. So I've, I've made some mistakes and, you know, I've posted things I shouldn't have posted and before getting all the facts and stuff like that. And then I'm just like, you know what? I got to be more careful next time. And there are some stories that I hear and I'm like, okay, there seems like there's a lot of stuff missing from this. So oh, you know what? I'm not, even, I'm not gonna repost. I'm not even gonna mention it. Let's see what happens before I go into it, you know? Um, now I will say this about a sloppy segue here. Uh, I will say a lot of things about Mitch McConnell. I mean, Mitch McConnell is basically just rotting with evil. He's just scum of the earth. But one thing Mitch McConnell is not is stupid. He is actually a very savvy politician. The problem is he just uses his powers for evil. Okay? I mean, you figure he's the man who stole a Supreme Court pick from President Obama. Hold on, hold on, back up a little bit. He's a very smart man. He's a very savvy politician. Mm-hmm. And then you say he was a, what, a very evil man, but isn't 
isn't that like an oxymoron? Don't you have to be that to be a good politician? No, no, because you could be a savvy politician and, and use your powers for good, as opposed to using them to line your own pockets. Yeah, name I mean, name a time that happened. Oh, that somebody used their powers for good as a politician. Yeah, well, Bernie Sanders. What has Bernie done yet? in 40 years in Congress or whatever. Oh, let's see. Uh, oh, he got Amazon to uh, pay their workers $15 an hour. In New York? Duh. That's what it's supposed to be anyway. No, I'm talking about, uh, no, I'm talking about Amazon across the country because he, he actually started a bill called the Stop Bezos Act and kind of strong-armed Jeff Bezos into paying his workers $15 an hour. I'm not impressed. I don't work for them. (laughs) (laughs) I actually had a guy admit that the reason why he hated unions is because he wasn't in the union. You know, because he was like, well, they get all these sweet benefits and they get pensions. You know, I don't get those. So now I hate unions. He didn't say it like that, but he practically did. (laughs) But and I hate blacks because my dick's not big like theirs. He sounds like a real twerk head. Put it like this, okay? Mitch McConnell was questioned about, uh, Mitch McConnell got mad at Obama because Obama uh, spoke out against Trump in his handling of of the coronavirus and actually said on TV, that Obama did not leave them a, uh, a pandemic plan for future pandemics, which of, which he, of course he did, right? Mm-hmm. But, he, but here's what Mitch McConnell said about it when he was questioned about it a few days later. Couldn't believe it. He said, and this is this I got from the article. I was wrong. That's what he led with. I was wrong. Is the previous administration did leave behind a plan, so I clearly made a mistake in that regard. Whether or not the plan was followed, I don't have any observation about that because I don't know enough about the details to comment on it. But the first three words he said, I was wrong. When does that ever happen for Mitch McConnell? Never. So it got me thinking, what's his angle? Remember one thing about Mitch McConnell, okay? Like I said, evil to the core, you know, rotten like a tomato buried in the ground. But here's the thing about Mitch McConnell, he's not stupid, okay? Mitch McConnell is reading the same information that Donald Trump is reading, and they are getting two different things about this coronavirus crisis. When you have uh, Donald Trump's grown-up jizz Eric Trump on TV talking about, oh, this is gonna go away by November, just in time for the election. Mitch McConnell's looking at that same information and he's saying, no, it's not. This is gonna be, this is gonna be here for a while. So what Mitch McConnell is doing is he's trying to distance himself from Trump. Cause don't forget, Mitch McConnell does not like Trump. He supports Trump because he has to, cause they're both Republicans. But he doesn't like Trump. In other words, when that shit hits the fan, Mitch McConnell does not want any of that shit on his suit. Mm. So when the shit hits the fan, he's going to be like, he's just trying to have his plausible deniability. He's like, look, that's you over there. I'm over here. You're there. Two different places. So that's not me. McConnell knows something. Okay? Because McConnell would never fall on his sword like that unless he knew something was coming around the corner. And uh, cause you know, he gets all types of information, you know, he's the, you know, he's the, he's the leader of the Senate. So 
it, it's it's it keeps me up at night a little bit, you know. Because here's the thing, McConnell ain't telling. <laughs> so if he knows something, he's not telling. The only clue we have is like, wait a second, Mitch McConnell apologized. He said right. he was wrong, and I was like, right. huh? That's not that's not good. Put it like this. McConnell is powerful enough to, like, Trump is not going to go against McConnell. Because if Trump goes against McConnell, Trump ain't getting nothing done. I mean, he ain't getting nothing done now. I mean, what is Trump doing? Making up Obamagate bullshit? You know, lying about taking uh, hydroxychloroquine or whatever? He's not doing anything. But if he wanted to get something done, he'd have to get it past Mitch McConnell. If he makes an enemy of Mitch McConnell, that ain't going to happen. But here's a here's a problem. Other people have made enemies of uh, of Donald Trump, and Donald Trump is actually using the Justice Department to get revenge on him. William Burr, our, our resident cockroach here in North Carolina, right between him and Tom Tillis, right? horrible, terrible senators, the both of them, right. Like I said, Tillis is up against a really tough race against Cal Cunningham, who I will be voting for. And then William Burr, uh, he was, now here's the thing. If I accidentally call him Bill Burr, they don't look anything alike. It's just that I was watching The Mandalorian the other day and Bill Burr was in the episode of The Mandalorian. Bill Burr is one of my favorite comedians. So if I say Bill Burr by accident, it's William Burr, <laughs> okay? But William Burr actually had his phone seized by the FBI in connection to the uh, to the scandal about uh, his stock trading, okay? So basically, back in, I believe, February or so, he was trading a bunch of stocks connected to the coronavirus uh, pandemic. But the problem was, is that he was basically it, it was it was his way of i don't want to say it's like cooking the books it's not quite like that it's kind of like uh if you're from new york in, in my generation you know about crazy eddie right he ran that electronic store and he had all those yeah you know, that like, was like my shit to say as a little kid like crazy eddie my prices are insane christmas in july <laughs> that's the first time i ever heard that term was from crazy eddie you know and he actually got in a lot of trouble with taxes because he had two sets of books so he would tell his investors he would give them the quote-unquote good books and say hey listen you know uh stocks are soaring through the roof you want to be part of this you want to invest and then he had a set of books that he would show to the irs and say oh business is doing really slow please don't tax us that much Mm -hmm. was doing something, he was doing something similar because he was basically telling the American people because he's on the Senate Intelligence Committee. So he was telling the American people, you know what, we're going to get through this coronavirus thing just fine. And then on the other side, he was like, sell the stocks, sell them, sell them, sell these stocks. You know, he, he was basically, uh, he, yeah. Uh, was committing fraud that's what that is he was committing fraud now for the longest time this was kind of getting swept under the rug it was getting swept under the rug not because uh of a any sort of real cover-up but because of all the coronavirus madness going on so there are a lot of people who were thinking yeah well he's gonna get away with it just because 
um, of everything else going on. But then the FBI sees his phone because now they have they may have evidence that he was doing a lot of stock trades far beyond the coronavirus thing, right? Now, why is this? Uh, why is this big, right? I mean, it's big on its face. It's insider trading. You know, he can go to prison for that. But the fact that they did it to a sitting senator means that you had to get your orders from on high. Who was at the top of that food chain? Justice Department. Who runs the Justice Department? Uh, William Barr, Donald Trump's lapdog. So Donald Trump has been using his uh, use the Justice Department to punish his political rivals. Okay. Um, here's the thing. This is from uh, this is from Politico, right? The revelation that Burr is under FBI investigation for potential insider trading rocked Capitol Hill on Thursday. But Trump, who often relishes commenting on the news of the day, was restrained when asked about the situation. And if anything. His broader circle of family and friends were sharply critical of the North Carolina Republican. Uh, the reasoning, according to five Republicans close to the White House, is mainly political. Burr's home state of North Carolina is crucial to Trump's re-election prospects in November. It's a key state Trump hopes to win again, and the Republican Party is planning to hold its nominated convention there in August. Additionally, North Carolina's other senator, Republican Tom Tillis, uh, faces a tough re-election that is critical for retaining the GOP control of the Senate, right? But Burr has also never been popular in Trump's circles. Trump's allies are angry that Burr, as Senate Intelligence Committee, uh, Senate Intelligence, uh, Senate Intelligence Committee Chair, oversaw his panel's investigation into <laughs> in the 2016 election. Last year, he issued a subpoena to the president's oldest son, Donald Trump Jr., even after special counsel Robert Mueller completed his own Russian election uh, meddling report. Later, Burr also authorized the release of a committee report that affirmed the Intelligence Committee's findings that Russia intended to help Trump win with its meddling. So wanting his kids to testify was a red line, said another Republican close to the White House. So basically, it's revenge. He had a chance to get some revenge on Burr for trying to put his kids on the spot to testify. And that's what he's doing because he, there's other people involved too. Kelly Loeffler, her husband, pretty much is CEO of the New York Stock Exchange. So she, she was trading stocks too. And she's not under investigation right now. Dianne Feinstein was trading stocks. Now what some people are saying is that they may have been off the hook because they don't trade their own stocks. So, but Burr supposedly trades his own stocks. But this is this is a scary thing because you figure the Justice Department is not Trump's lawyers. They're our lawyers. They're lawyers for America. So the fact that William Barr is working exclusively for Trump and just targeting his enemies, uh, when you hear Republicans talk about rule of law, Ask them to look, into William, to look into William Barr and if they agree with anything William Barr says, stop talking to these people. Because they're basically, they're fascists. You got Trump, literally, 
The founding, everybody talks about the founding fathers like they're geniuses. How in the hell are you able to fire the people who are supposed to be keeping tabs on you? That doesn't make any sense. How is Trump able to fire people who are investigating Trump's people? That doesn't make any sense to me. And like the founding fathers are geniuses. Are they though? Are they really? They're smart, but let's not let's not put that genius tag on everything. Yeah. We're almost out of time, but I want to talk about Breonna Taylor real quick. Uh now uh Breonna Taylor's boyfriend was he wasn't released from uh from he's been locked up for the last Oh God, I forgot how long he's been locked up since the uh, since since the shooting. For all those who were not up on the whole Breonna Taylor murder, I call it a murder. Uh, who's not up on Breonna Taylor's murder? She is a EMT. She was with her boyfriend, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they were sleeping. It was about one o'clock in the morning. The cops had a no-knock warrant <laughs> entered the home. The cops came in plain cars and in plain clothes broke into the house about one o'clock in the morning to issue a no-knock warrant. Uh, her boyfriend, who was a licensed gun owner, um, saw the people breaking in and he started shooting at them, right? And then they shot back. Uh, they fired eight shots into the, uh, the department and, well, they shot more than eight shots, but Breonna Taylor was hit eight times while she was in bed and she was killed. One of the cops got shot in the leg. Right, they managed to take the boyfriend alive, and well, he surrendered. They took him alive, and then they, he's been in jail. Recently, he was released. Now, the article I saw, I didn't get, I didn't catch how old the article was, but the cops were. Now, in other words, he wasn't like released, released, but he's basically uh, being held. I guess you can call it house arrest. So he's still basically under arrest because they charged him with attempted murder and aggravated assault on the cops who broke into his house. Here's the clincher about this whole thing. The person that they were looking for, they already had him in custody. So, cause they had another, they had a separate raid 10 miles away yeah. in a whole other apartment complex and they already had the guy in custody. They did not yep. find any drugs in the house. Of course not. Now, here's the thing, you have one cop that goes off the rails. It's easy to say, well, that cop was bad apple, you know? What you have here is the entire orchard is just bad because that means you had cops who were coordinating with other cops who were coordinating with uh, people above them to execute these raids. The cops tried to say that they knocked. Um, Why are you gonna knock if you have a no-knock warrant? The whole point of a no-knock warrant is so that they can break in, and this is the the theory behind it, so they can break in and get to the people before they can have time to dump the drugs. Have you ever seen any of those old movies like uh, uh, Goodfellas and stuff like that? When the cops are raiding, what are they doing? Taking the drugs and throwing the toilet, you know? So the whole purpose of a no-knock warrant, so why are you gonna have a no-knock warrant and then just knock? They're lying, obviously because they don't, they don't, I mean, they want to make it seem like they announced themselves. They didn't announce themselves. They were playing cars, playing clothes, right? Now I will, I will give credit where credit is due. 
this is a story that would have slipped under the cracks if not for Sean King of, I think he still works for the Daily News. And Sean King, I follow him on Twitter. He is like a pit bull on a pork chop in bringing stories like this to light. You know, and he was a major, uh, a major player in getting this story national attention. So now the same lawyer that re that's representing uh, Ahmaud Aubrey's family, I think is representing uh, Breonna Taylor's family. So we'll just have to wait and see, uh, just wait and see what happens. But I, I wanna see the racist spin this one. I really do. I, I wanna see the racists try to spin this, like, like the way they try to spin it on Ahmaud Taylor. Like people like Candace Owens, who were trying to say that Ahmaud Taylor was some sort of criminal for just walking into a construction site, looking around and leaving. I want to see- Candace They're not going to be able to spin it. They haven't spent it yet. It's been out there for a while. They know not to speak on this one because there's nothing to speak on. Wrong is wrong. They don't speak on wrong. They only speak on their perceiving of wrong who they think is right. Yeah. I'd still like to see them try though. <laughs> and and, and, and they're not. They're not that stupid. They're just yeah. stupid. Now, and also another group of people who's always absent from this whenever it's a black man with the gun is the NRA. So where is the NRA? I think somebody mentioned this before. I don't know if it was on um, Young Turks or whatever it was, but what if it was like cops who came in on like one of the dudes from the Bundy Ranch and one of the dudes from the Bundy Ranch shot back at them? They would be national heroes. They'd be like, well, the cops are trying to break into their home and they were just defending themselves. But black man does it. They were just like, yeah, well, you know, attempted murder sounds about right. You know, like I said, it wasn't like he was shooting on uniformed officers. He was shooting on plainclothes people who didn't announce their presence and they had guns. And he was a, and he and he was a licensed gun owner. So, I I, I know a lot of people hear stories like this and they get tired of people like me talking about stories like this. As tired as you are of hearing these stories, I'm tired of reading them. Yep. I, I am tired of, of reading these stories. And they're like, well, why you always gotta talk about the negatives, man? Because the negatives seem to happen a whole fucking lot. I would love to, I, you know what? I would love to put, I mean, for every story of a cop at a barbecue doing the electric slide, there's like 10 videos of cops, like some cop pancaking a grandmother. What's kind of, what's really fucked up is like, when I see those videos, I can't even get like warm and fuzzy about it. <laughs> I'm just like, you still a fucking pig? <laughs> like, I, I'm I mean? laughing because I feel the exact same way. I don't even feel like excited when I see them. I'm like, okay, like, bitch, but still fuck you. Like that's, that's how I feel because it's been so it's just been so fucked up like that's that's how police are supposed to act and it's like I don't even want to reward y'all motherfuckers for doing your job and engaging with the community because that's what you're really supposed to do and it's like I, I'm not rewarding you for doing your damn job like I just want you to stop killing people I feel like that's the bigger ask here I don't give a fuck if you're doing the electric slide or not just stop killing people yeah. black and brown people that's it yeah i mean it, it's not it's not that hard of a thing to ask for it's, it's not it's really not you know and 
I, I have friends of I have friends of mine who are not black and they still have to train their kids to treat cops like rabbit dogs in the street because they never know when you're going to have that one cop who never got any respect in high school and who may have a perception that you're disrespecting them and then they're going to get shot over you know one of my friends said it best he said all the assholes we went to high school with the cops now he said that cannot be a coincidence <laughs> it really cannot so I'll tell you what we'll, we'll make a deal uh Cops, you stop killing people, stop killing unarmed people, or stop, uh, you know, these no-knock raids and plain clothes and all this other shit. And I'll, and, I'll, and I'll try to find a positive cop story someplace and try to have some warm fuzzies over it. Because I, I feel the same way you feel. Like when I see, oh, look, that cop is doing double dutch with these little girls. Oh, that's, that's cute. Just stop, just like Odie said, just stop killing us. And, and then we'll call it even. Hey, I'll even give you some of my some of my aunt's peach cobbler. How about that? You could take home, we can okay. take you to the station. So just stop that. killing us. Yep. And then and then maybe I'll like one of those videos or share yeah. it. <laughs> exactly. Odie, what are your final thoughts? Stay your ass at home. I I, I think Texas had I forgot how many consecutive days of a thousand plus new COVID-19 cases. Yeah, like Odie mm-hmm. said, stay your ass at home. You, it's, it's not that deep. Anything you trying to do can wait. Like my hair is a mess right now. I I wish my hairstylist could do hair because like my hair is clean, but it is a fucking mess right now because I don't have anybody to style it. And that's okay. I'm not willing to risk my life or my friend's life just to get my hair done it's gonna be okay yeah if you're still thinking about traveling uh you know and you want to scratch your wanderlust itch tune in to O's Odyssey today normally we record the show on Mondays but today we uh dropped the episode already at 11 o'clock every travel Tuesday um and we covered Egypt so I tagged the bangles that uh walk like an Egyptian song is a part of the O's Odyssey travel playlist now and it's up there so tune in I like that song that was, that was a cool song yeah Mr. Blue what are your final thoughts left foot up right foot slide <laughs> I saw a video that said that um, I saw a video of a kid doing it he wasn't doing the Tusi dance he was doing the moonwalk and I was like oh shit that does sound like the moonwalk it sounds like steps to the moonwalk not the tussie slide whatever that is that people do in the tiktok videos yeah right foot slide and it looks like the moonwalk when you put it together now the tussie slide or the cha-cha slide no the tussie slide that's the name of the song oh okay okay. (laughs) by drake oh my right right foot slide i can think like michael jack son Oh wait, yeah. Drake, Drake made a like Drake made like a, a a dance song. Yeah. I didn't know his career was over. I thought it was still going pretty strong. I thought he was still selling records. Look, that that has paid him money. When you think about what's that other one? Uh Keisha, Kiki, do you love me? That one was a smash. That was a dance song too. Mm. So he, he'll be all right. I, I, I always find like when established artists do like with the exception of Fat Joe. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll I'll give Fat Joe a pass, but 
when he I see so like, many records on TikTok with that, that dude is fucking caking right now. <laughs> I, I, that song whenever, is doing very well. Whenever I see established stars doing like dance songs, like you know, like do this such and such, it, it always reminds me of like back in the seventies, like when you ended up on Hollywood Squares. It was like that was like the, the bottom rung of your career. Like you end mm-hmm. up on like you, like we ain't seen you on TV in like four years and then oh in the Hollywood Squares, washed up actor and it's like oh god that's what happened. <laughs> I don't do Drake like that. I still like Drake. I still fuck with Drake. I ain't fuck with this last mixtape, but overall I fuck with Drake. I I always had this thing about Drake. Like I heard one of his songs before he got on Young Money, mm-hmm. and I and I was like oh man. Who's this Drake kid? I'm gonna have to keep an eye out for this guy. And then I heard his Young Money stuff, and I'm like, wait, are there two Drakes? Because this Drake kind of sucks. That other Drake was kind of, you know, I think that was on one of his first mixtapes. Somebody played it in one of their, um, in one of their their goofy little videos, and I was like, you know, sometimes if you scroll through the comments, it'll tell you who sings it, and they said Drake, and I was like, oh, okay, I kind of like this. And same thing with Nicki Minaj, like her her pre Young Money stuff was actually not bad and and her young money stuff i just don't like i'm not gonna trash nikki but i'm just gonna be like eh. yo they just blocked one of my videos from like a year ago on instagram for use of a music that wasn't i don't know authorized or whatever 31 seconds it wasn't even mine it was like a repost from um the all-out show um jude rude jude or whatever and um, it was like that country thing when it says those country people are doing their own little version of rap. I forgot the name of the rap, but um, I had a dispute there. I just don't feel like I should, you should knock down my video because of that. That's going to be like one less video, one less post on my Instagram. And I have to be consistent with my posts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I had, a, I'm going through my old MP3s and I and I had a whole bunch of, uh, of old De La Soul stuff. And they had a remix of Me, Myself, and I that used a uh, a sample from uh, GQ's Disco Nights. And I was just like, no one has this video posted on, on YouTube. I should post it. And I, then I realized, you know what? I'm pretty sure that it probably got copyright striked off the, uh, off the thing. Even though GQ's Disco Nights is on YouTube, go figure. But I was just like, it made me a little bit nervous. I'm like, I don't want to get copyright striked, but I may try it anyway. But all right. Mr. Blue, play us off, sir. Yo, that Drake video for Tootsie is stupid. <laughs> well, I mean, in all fairness, you know, it's during quarantine, so I can give a pass. <laughs> I would have just made it animated or waited, you know what I'm saying? But it's really, I'm trying to find, I'll send, if I find it, I'll send it to y'all. But I digress. Like, it's the one that's really, he's really doing the moonwalk, though. Like, there's a video I saw of this kid doing the moonwalk. And that's what it really is. Yeah, I can never do the moonwalk. I tried. If you you follow the steps in the song, though, you probably can. Because I tried it in my room and it worked. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, left foot up, then you slide your right foot back. And then you put your right foot up and you slide your left foot back. It's perfect. Yeah, then I gotta listen to Drake. It's not worth it. Just saying. Nah, you listen to Billy Jean, brother. Use the Billy. Oh no, man! I need to. I need to get in shape. I think if I start to dance, my ankles will shatter. So, probably just need to lose a few dozen pounds before I start trying dance moves. 
Well, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the Urban Breakdown podcast featuring hit shows such as Politrix with Mercer Prescott, 360 Degrees, and Get Amp. Beep, beep, beep.